This call is being recorded. Hey again, everybody, and welcome into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson along with Jimmy Stein. As always, Jimmy, how are you today? Good. I'm enjoying being locked on for the third day in a row. Well, you you know, being locked on is much better than being locked up. Believe me. Would you agree? You would know. You would know. You know what? I'm going to tell you something. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. Like, occasionally you have a bit of a delay, and I think I've had a pretty good one-liner, and I can't tell if you're laughing or if you're just sitting there in silence staring at your screen. It's very humiliating. (laughs) (laughs) I I weirdly Um, sort of like it sometimes. When When I think I say something funny and it's greeted with silence, Sometimes I think that's funny. <laughs> yeah, but it works on so many levels both ways. But uh, regardless, we've been doing Locked On Bama now. This will be our third podcast. We're getting the hang of this thing. We hope that people are listening. We hope people are enjoying it. We want you to retweet it. We want you to go to Vivid Seats and DoorDash and Blinkist and Dave and Manscaped. And if, there, if there's anybody that can tell us about Manscaped, it's you and me, Jimmy. Um, but yeah. all these other, and there's one called um, Indochino, the world's largest made-to-measure menswear brand. I, 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 that's wow. that sounds right up my alley. That's going to be for you and not me. But the manscaping thing, yeah, I mean they they weren't calling me Sasquatch in the third grade for nothing. <laughs> yeah, you had to go get a, uh, you had to go get manscaped at Ace Hardware. Um, anyway, it takes more than one man to do it. I, I need to be menscaped. <laughs> Menscaped, several menscaped, teamscaped. Um, okay, so speaking of teams, and where we left it off last time was we were talking about uh, recruiting, and that's something we definitely want to get into. That's where you and I are Vikings. We love talking recruiting all the time, and I think right yeah. now in Alabama's class, if you're going to talk about recruiting, it begins and ends, ironically with Bryce Young, whose first name starts with a B, which is close to the beginning, and whose last name is Y, which is close to the end. Hey, that kind of just worked out for me. You don't get that on the other podcasts. You don't get that on the other podcasts. That's amazing what you just figured out right now. That's incredible. But, oh, Bryce, uh, let let me start waxing poetic (laughs) about about Bryce Young. And, by the way, I'm not one of these – Oh, he's he committed to us, so he's great. I mean, my my for those that have listened to me very, very much over over the years, uh, I am not a sour grapes guy. I am not a if he committed to Alabama, that means I love him. I, I have an honest opinion. Now I could be wrong. Anybody that knows anything about recruiting knows, hey, if you have an opinion about whether you think a player is a great prospect or not, you're subject to being very wrong. Nick Saban is the greatest recruiter of all time, one of the great evaluators of all time, and Nick Saban gets it wrong. So I have no shame whatsoever in being wrong. It's part of the deal, and I'm going to be wrong a hell of a lot more than Nick Saban. So I give an honest opinion about players, and if Bryce Young had never flipped his commitment from Alabama and stayed with USC, I would be telling you the exact same things about about Bryce Young, and that is he has – exceptional arm talent and 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 a lot of people define that as arm strength no arm talent means you're able you have the ability to complete a number of throws not just the deep throws not the go route not just the deep out all of them the touch passes 
down the middle, outside, with your feet still, with your feet moving in the pocket, out the pocket. Uh, that's your arm talent, your ability to deliver the ball accurately in a number of places. And Bryce is an A-plus arm talent guy. Arm strength, pretty good. Not awesome, not awesome, but pretty good. It's not a weakness for him at all. Uh, probably not one of his greatest strengths, but uh, but he has good arm strength, uh, or at least adequate arm strength, but A-plus arm talent. He's a premier athlete. I can't stress enough how important that is uh, at the quarterback position. The guys that adjust well at the next level tend to be really athletic. And that doesn't just mean how fast you are. Athletic means, you know, Luke, there, there's guys that you run into in your life and, and girls that are extremely athletic. And by that, I mean they can pick up a tennis racket and be pretty good in a month. They can pick up golf clubs, and they're going to be pretty good in a month. They can throw a football hard and accurately. They can shoot a basketball into the hoop. They can pick up a baseball bat and hit a fastball. They can catch a baseball. Those, those are athletes, uh, guys and girls who pick up things athletically very quickly. They tend to be fast. They tend to, to be great leapers. Bryce is all of those things. He's a tremendous athlete. Some guys are athletic for quarterbacks. Like, for instance, I would say Bo Nix is athletic for a quarterback. Well, Bryce Young is athletic, period. He could play wide receiver or defensive back in the SEC. He's that athletic. He has adequate size. The knock on him is the size. He's short. Five years ago, 10 years ago, I might be on this very podcast telling you, I'm not sold on Bryce. He's short. Well, he is short. And he hasn't gotten any taller. But I don't know if everybody's noticed, but shorter quarterbacks, as long as they're athletic, tend to be all the rage. For instance, a five foot ten guy was the first pick in the draft. The year before that, a six, a barely six foot guy was the first pick in the draft. And there's shorter quarterbacks having success all over the country, including at say Alabama, who has a six foot athletic quarterback in Tua Tungovaloa. So. Yes, Bryce's height is not ideal. It's not great. We can't give him plus marks there, but it's not the knock it used to be. And I brag on him to that extent to say, Luke, the thing I like most about the kid is what we haven't even talked about yet, and that's the intangibles. His intangibles are through the roof. And what I mean by that, he's smart, he's poised, he's mature. He has a tremendous amount of experience playing at a very large high school program against elite national competition. This is the type kid that is going to be more ready to play day one than anybody Alabama has ever signed, including Tua, because of his experience, his maturity, his poise. He has that it factor, kind of like that. You know, I think Jalen almost has it more so than even Tua. You know, this it factor, this leadership, uh, this we can we can trust that this guy is going to win the game at the end. Uh, and, and for those reasons, Bryce Young is a fantastic prospect, as good as any quarterback prospect. I have seen sign with Alabama since I started following this in the mid 80s. We signed some highly recruited five star quarterbacks. Bryce Young has about the most complete grade of any of them. And while nothing is ever a sure thing in recruiting or hardly ever a sure thing for a quarterback, Bryce Young is about as close as it gets. I will be absolutely stunned 
if Bryce Young isn't a very good quarterback at Alabama or any other big-time Division One program he played for. So, yeah, that's my thoughts on Bryce. I'm right there with you, and in fact, I was hoping you wouldn't say this and steal my thunder, but damn you, thunder-stealing bastard, you did it. Um, <laughs> you you talked about his competition because I found it interesting. He was on TV last week playing St. John's out of D.C., um, but he's also played another school Alabama fans may know about, which is St. Francis Academy, a couple of weeks ago, apparently, and Chris Braswell, who's committed to Alabama, actually had a sack on him. Um, but I think that Bryce Young's team ended up coming back and winning the game, and it's the first game that that team had lost since 2016 or something. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. And he really – you hate to do this. I mean, I do. I hate it when people say, well, this guy reminds me of – this guy reminds me of Julio right. Jones. I'm like, no, y'all don't right. understand. Julio was different. I mean, Julio was a, a freak of nature, and he still is. Um but Bryce Young does kind of remind you of Kyler Murray. The comparisons are there. The, the The throwing styles are the same. The The awareness is the same. The athleticism seems to be the same. Maybe, I mean, certainly Kyler Murray is more athletic at this moment, but who knows? And, and the other thing about being a short quarterback, um, for a long time, Drew Brees was the exception to the rule. And I think every time there was a short quarterback, everybody loves to say, well, what about Drew Brees? Um, you know, it's sort of like every time there's a, a short, stocky running back. Well, what about Maurice Jones-Drew? Well, what about him? Yeah, but see, he was different too. I mean, there, there's some freaks who can always be the outliers. But, you know, now it's not as important, I don't think, to be 6'5 and, and lanky and broad-shouldered because you get the ball out so quickly that – the the defense doesn't have time to react a lot of time. I mean, Tua threw that slant to Devontae Smith for that touchdown on the, what, fourth play of the game the other day, and right. it was so fast that there, there was no time to, to worry about getting your hands up unless when the ball is snapped, you immediately do a jumping jack. I mean, you just don't have – you can't <laughs> react that quickly. Um, now, and then – so if you don't throw it fast, then guys like Bryce Young scramble around, and when they're scrambling, Scrambling, you don't have as much chance to knock the ball down because they're no longer right behind the offensive line. They've probably got a lot of open space in front of them. So it's not that big of a deal anymore, I don't think, to be an extra tall quarterback. No, I, I agree totally. And you know Are what? You with me? When you're talking about, yeah, yeah, you're <laughs> talking, yeah I, I do. There goes that silence again. <laughs> agree totally. It, it's the NFL. What I, what I like to call the prototype, I, I think a long time ago the prototype was John Elway. Maybe the prototype was Dan Marino or Troy Aikman, you know, the really big, strong guy that, that sat in the pocket and that could deliver balls down the field from the pocket. You never necessarily asked them to run around. I'm not so sure right now, Luke, that the prototype in terms of what everyone is looking for in college and the NFL – I'm not so sure that the prototype right now today isn't Pat Mahomes. And I think everyone out there is no. going to be looking for who's the next Patrick Mahomes, you know, who is what I, even though he has freaky arm talent, I mean, Patrick Mahomes arm talent is just sick from one to 10. It's a 15. I mean, his arm talent's ridiculous, but to me, Patrick Mahomes is the ultimate point guard. He delivers the ball all over the field to his open man. And 
that to me is the 2019 prototype in the NFL and in college football, the point guard, the guy that runs the offense and delivers the ball to his playmakers in space who are open, no different than a point guard on the basketball floor. And Bryce Young, to me, is a freaking point guard extraordinaire. The ball gets out. It gets to the open guy. It gets there on time and in a place where he can catch it and make the play. Sounds a little bit like Tua, doesn't it? And, and, and I think there's some, there's some Tua in that kid. No, I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, the one thing that both Bryce Young and Tua Tungovailoa will make people do, don't you? It'll make them go to Vivid Seats. Oh, absolutely. That's Tell a, us about that Vivid That was seats. a segue, wasn't it? Tell well, us Vivid, about seats, Vivid Seats. With Vivid Seats, you make a memory that has lasted a lifetime. And let the Vivid Seats app help you get to your favorite live event. Enter promo code KICKOFF at checkout to receive a discount of up to $100, Jimmy. Major League Baseball promo code is postseason because, of course, Major League Baseball is in the postseason. So Vivid Seats, go to Vivid Seats today. Go to the app and help make a memory today for you and that special person in your life. I got a little choked up. For me, for me, that's Sarah Jean Underwood. But, uh, you know, one thing about what you, I'm doing. You've been I'm holding not, those Buffalo Bills against Cincinnati Bengals tickets with Sarah Jean at the wheel call for a while. Kind of like uh, who was the coach of the Falcons? and um, Glanville. And the coach, Glanville that left tickets for Elvis. Jerry Glanville used to leave tickets for Elvis at every game. That's right. Well, uh, I'm not going to talk about my business or what, what, what I'm interested in going to see. But this morning, uh, uh, tickets went on sale to an event I want to see. It's a sports event. Tickets went on sale, and I, w- I went to the arena, straight to the arena. And while the tickets are still available, the great the great tickets are, were already sold out by the time I could get there. And I assure uh, you, uh, I, I don't know whether Vivid Seats is going to be holding uh, tickets to this particular game, but as soon as our podcast is off the air, I'm going to Vivid Seats, and I'm going to see if they can't help me get in this arena to watch the sporting event I want to see in November, and I bet they will, and I'm looking forward to their fantastic service. Well, if Vivid Seats can't get you in, Jimmy, then frankly, it's just not going to happen for you. We're going to go ahead and take a break. (laughs) We'll be back in just a minute with more of Locked on Bama. And we're back with Locked on Bama. I've learned to do this quite seamlessly. Um, You are. Jimmy's pros now. See, we went pro. We were amateur for several years, but now now we went pro. And, you know, it's funny when we won't do. I'm afraid he's going to do it. In fact, uh, that I saw Mel Kuyper and um, Todd McShay have their sleeper uh, draft picks at people whose stock is up and down and whatever. And Devontae Smith was both on their list for guys whose stock just went up. And they were like, look, you score score five touchdowns uh, against an an SEC defense. Uh, Yeah, your stock's going way up. So – I mean, Ruggs, Judy, and Devontae Smith could all go pro. It wouldn't shock me. I'm really – Judy is not coming back. Um, Judy's not coming back. Ruggs, I he would say, is probably not – Yeah, I'm pretty sure Ruggs is not coming back. And I was hoping Smith was sort of like a 50-50 guy, and now it's more like 60-40 or 70-30. But, uh, you know, there's a chance. If he comes back, him and Waddle would be a, a good combo. Uh, but speaking of – uh, wide receivers next year. So, I mean, that could be the next thing we talk about. 
with recruiting is, you know, we do have a litany of receivers committed right now, and I think they're all very good. I don't know if there's a Jerry Judy on this list or a or a Julio or an Amari or a Calvin Ridley, but I think it's a good, good group. Yeah, uh, well, I like uh, tell you, the difference maker. There's three wide receivers committed to Alabama right now. The difference maker of the three, in my opinion, the guy that, that literally could step on campus and make a difference day one, uh, in my estimation, is Theo, jo- Theo Jones-Bell, who's another Alabama receiver from South Florida in the lineage of Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, and Jerry Judy. The next is Theo Jones-Bell. Uh, he, I, the best, even though he's from South Florida, and I just named all those guys, the best comparator to him is Jalen Waddle. And I'm not saying he's Waddle; I'm just saying he's like Waddle. He's a he's a smaller guy. He's explosive. His burst is unreal. He's got great ball skills. He'll be a very good punt returner. Uh, just a real skilled, tough Miami kid with a lot of swagger. Uh, just not a big kid. Built more like Waddle like Waddle, but 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 I think that Theo Jones-Bell could be an instant impact guy. The other two receivers are really similar kids to each other. Treshawn Holden, who was a kid from the Northeast who, who, who went cross-country and is now playing his senior year in California. Uh, he committed to Alabama early, and, and it looks like he's going to stick. Uh, he, he is friends with Bryce Young and knows him well. Uh, and the other kid, J- Javon Baker from, from Georgia, uh, Holden and Baker are good. They're they're good. I'm not saying, oh, what are we doing taking them? No, they're good. They're Alabama good. They're 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 good high level SEC prospects. If if they were not signing with Alabama, they would be signing with similar programs. Baker would probably go into LSU. Uh, Holden would probably go into USC uh, or or someplace like that. I mean, these these are high level kids. I would just say that I'll be a little surprised based on what I've seen on tape that they would be. Rugs good, Judy good, Waddle good. I think they're just more solid guys, and, and and you know some of those guys do develop into stars. But but even if they're not stars, they're solid, good sized, adequate sized, adequate speed uh, technicians, guys who get open, who catch the ball with their hands. I, I'm I think Holden and 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 J- Javon Baker are, are, are good players. Alabama needs to add a receiver. And it would be nice because um, a, a greedy, selfish person. It would be nice if they could add a big time kid to go with. With that's, that's obviously what, who I want. The, the kid that I would love to have that they're trying to recruit is Raheem Jarrett, who played against Bryce Young last week in that ESPN U game that Luke mentioned. Uh, Raheem Jarrett is a five star. He is from Washington D.C. He plays for St. John's. So we've had teammates uh, in the past that uh, are, are at Alabama and Terrell Lewis and Keelan Robinson, but Rakeem is committed to LSU. He is likely to stick with LSU, but I do think the Bryce Young news got his attention. So he's picking up the phone again. And he is listening to Alabama again because playing with Bryce is so attractive to a kid that wants to to get in the NFL and play with a quarterback that can get him the ball. So Rakeem Jarrett be my first pick. I also love, uh, and I'm sure I'm pronouncing his name wrong, which is fun, but uh, a Louisiana kid from South Louisiana, Boutte, Keishon Boutte, who is likely headed to LSU. I love Boutte. He, he <laughs> yeah, just said that out loud. We yes, that you do. Promo. Hey. That is now a promo for the show. <laughs> That's a promo for the show. I love Boutte. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, uh did you ever see his cousin um H- Hugo Tite? 
oh my god he had upper body strength like you wouldn't believe <laughs> well i like big bootay and i cannot lie <laughs> it, it would so. be so much better if he were like a center you know like <laughs> there goes there goes bryce young <laughs> under bootay oh yeah he did <laughs> Well, let's not rip or make fun of, of the kid's name too much. We'd really like to have him in Alabama, a skilled kid, a lot like Theo, Theo Jones-Bell. Very similar kid, burst, speed, playmaker, uh, and, and as good as Jones-Bell. He, he would be an instant impact guy. Xavier Henderson, who is C.J. Henderson's younger brother, C.J.'s a star, defensive back of Florida. His younger brother, Xavier Henderson, was on Alabama's campus this weekend, even though he's a Gator legacy. I think Alabama has a decent shot at him. Arian Smith, a wide receiver from Florida, also a very good wide receiver prospect. He can fly. He, he's fast as hell. He's fast like that Schwartz kid over at Auburn fast. I mean, this, this Arian Smith dude, he can absolutely fly. Uh, and Alabama's, uh, you know, it, w- one of his top two or three uh, along with the Florida schools. But hopefully Alabama get one of those four big-time dudes to go along with what they already have. And then I think it would be a really good wide receiver hall with a couple of guys who, who who can play just stepping off the bus. No, I agree. And um, in fact, when it comes to Smith, I know Alabama picked up a couple of crystal balls for him recently. We got crystal balls and bootays and everything flying around here. Uh, but it's, um, a, it's an R-rated show still. We it said is, it wouldn't be R-rated, and look at us. Look at us. We told about you, bootay. better or worse, we told you we would not change. Um, but yeah, so it's I'm Xavier Henderson. Um, you know, I'm I'm really hoping for one more key guy. And in fact, apparently on campus, unbeknownst to me this past week, JJ Evans who, from Montevallo, who set a bunch right. of records in the state of Alabama last year, was on campus. And um, you know, he's saying, "Hey, I'm like I'm still I'm still open." Uh, he's a top one fifty like kid. He's good. He's very good. No, I and, like him. I, I, as a matter of fact, I know this will be unpopular because he's an Auburn guy. But like I said, I call it like I see it. I don't care where the kids go. I got an opinion about the kid's great, good, or bad. I don't care where he's going. It's just my straight-up opinion. And I would take J.J. Evans over Baker and Holden. I would. If if I had to choose between the three, I, I would take him over Baker and Holden. Myself, Nick, Nick Saban may disagree with me, and everyone should side with Nick. But I'm going to say I like J.J. Evans. I think he's very, very good. The E.J. Williams – who I consider the top wide receiver from from Phoenix City, who yeah. who spurned Alabama and is going to Clemson. Uh, I consider EJ Williams a half click better prospect than JJ Evans. To me, they're basically the same kid. Uh, I would I would rate if EJ Williams is is a nine and a half, JJ Evans is a nine. I mean, that's the way I look at it. Yeah. But you so, know, having yeah, said I'll, that, I'll, I'll, I'm I'm all. About I don't it. think either all one of I, uh, a few years ago when the Mississippi All-Stars had D.K. Metcalf and A.J. Brown as wide receivers on the same team, and they absolutely uh, waxed the Alabama team. I mean, I, I remember thinking, watching that game, going, oh, my God, I, if I could just, if Alabama could just have one of those guys. And, of course, now they're both in the NFL, and one's playing for Seattle, the other playing for the Titans, and they both had their shining moments in the early season so far in the NFL. But I, I don't know – that any of the guys we have committed are, are that level, certainly, but I think no. they're all very good. And I think that, um, you know, we need, we need some Kevin Norwoods. He was Kevin Norwood was really Cam Sims. Those were good, good, good players. And 
I mean, we're, there's not a wide receiver out there this year, maybe that is a that is a slam dunk like a, a future NFLer to me I, that that I've seen. Um, maybe maybe I'm glossing over somebody, but you know, I like to look at the top of the list, and and I haven't seen somebody that just says, "Oh my God, that's Julio Jones of this year," or "That's AJ right. Green," or something like that. Have you? No, no, I would say Raheem Jarrett's up there, but even for a quote five star, Raheem is not as good as all those names you just mentioned because those guys are such next level freaks to me. I, I don't see that guy out there, but it's okay. Now, they don't all have to be that. Somewhere out there is some recruiting fan that's right. who thinks every receiver you sign has to be Julio Jones. That's not that's not even close to being true because Alabama has Alabama's won several national championships with with generally one of the 10 receivers on the roster was a total badass. Now, right now, Alabama's got four, and they had four last year and, and didn't win the national title. So, uh, you know, not every – we won a national championship, and people are going to say it's a different era. But we won the national championship with the starting receivers, Marquise Mays and Darius Hanks. So yeah. – but Norwood, Norwood was a valuable player on, the, on that team because – he would make a lot of these these third down and eight catches that would keep the chains moving. And yeah, I, I, not every wide receiver has to be. Ideally, you're going to have you're going to sign three. Ideally, now we need more because we're losing so many receivers to the draft. But ideally, you're going to sign three. And the way I've always looked at it is, what you need is a star, a role player, and take a flyer on a kid that might be great. And 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 if you if you sign three like that, that's the formula. One star, a role player, and then take a chance on a kid that, that with a high upside kid that may bust or may be great. It, though, that's ideal because I guess there are people out there that think you can sign three Julio Jones, but that's just, that's just a, different, a different planet. And, and, and the, star, the stars have to align for that crap to happen. Yeah, they, they really do. Um, but, uh, again, I like this receiver group. It's not – the, the best group we've ever signed. I mean, just on paper, but uh, you know, we're going to, this is something I think we can do some more of Jimmy is talk a little bit more about who's already committed to us and then who we're looking at, especially this week. Maybe that's what we'll focus on these next couple of podcasts, because this is an off week for Alabama Friday. Mm-hmm. I always kind of want it to be a, a prediction show. That's, that's what yeah. I envision is just talking about each sec game or, or big national game. And of course, every Alabama game, but, you know, bef- until whenever we have an off week like this, I, I mean, I sort of want to dive deep into recruiting. I think that's that's where we should go with it. So with that being said, we will end the show here and we will pick up the next show and maybe talk about offensive line, tight end and, and running backs and sort of finish up the offense. Uh, quick, quick story about my recruiting uh, prowess. It was roughly 1991, roughly 1991. Uh, I was a junior at Alabama. I might have been a senior, junior or senior. And uh, I met, uh, and I've been following recruiting for a few years. This is before the internet. Heck, is you know, it's basically, you know, all you have was Forrest Davis on Birmingham TV and 1-800 numbers. But I, I began to be a voracious fan of recruiting uh, at late in my high school career. And then by the time I got to Alabama, I was really into it. And I was at a... Uh, uh, I, I'd been drink, I'd been drinking. Imagine that I'm in college. I've been drinking. I'm at a bar, and I bump into a football player from my hometown or near my hometown. Uh, Willie Shepard is from Mobile, and he played at Blount High School. Great guy, great, great guy. Uh, 
I didn't know him. I didn't know him then. I, I, I met him and we became friends. But uh, I met him that night and uh, we're talking, of course, about football. And I'd had, uh, you know, several beers at the age of 21. I'm sure it, all, it probably only took me five or six to get pretty hammered. And uh, several beers. And uh, we started about football and recruiting came up. And I talked about recruiting and Willie, Willie, who's on the football team to Alabama. And I was talking about players that had just visited over the past weekend. And I remember Willie going, damn, you, you know something about this recruiting, don't you? And I told him with a straight look on my face, not trying to be funny, but I told him, yeah, I've been a uh, recruiting expert for about five years now. Just like that. And I sent it in front of a bunch of my, my friends, and they still they still bring it up. They still bring it up to this day when they want to make fun of me. Like, yeah, well, yeah. I remember well, actually, you kind of wrote before. your own destiny there. I did. I did. I told Willie, I told Willie Shepard in Harry's Bar in Tuscaloosa in 1991. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I've a, uh, I've been a recruiting expert for about five years now. So that was in 19. Well, here's the thing: look, you look at had me now. to become, you had to, be, you had to become an expert then because if you yeah. hadn't, it'd be like if somebody said at, at 22 in the bar and he told a girl, "Yeah, I'm gonna be a doctor," and then like 10 years later she sees him and he's. <laughs> working the night shift cleaning up macy's and you're like yeah yeah there's that doctor i went out with you know you you had to become an internet legend yeah, I had no um, choice. i've been under a lot of pressure ever since then I, i've really got checks on me every few months to make sure I, it happened like i said it would I, well remember this so mark this by getting an alabama offensive lineman to commit to alabama from clemson around 1992 ish when i was in school there and uh, we'll we'll go into that later on. But want to tell everybody again, thanks for listening to the podcast. We've done this three times now. Tomorrow will be our fourth. Hang with hang with us. We we'll get better because we <laughs> cannot get worse. <laughs> Roll that's up, that's our tagline. It's like wasn't there wasn't there a, a PSA out there about something about like bullying or something like it gets better. That that ought to be us like. Blocked on Bama. It gets better, y'all. <laughs> well, let's not make any promises. That, that's true. I don't want to. I don't want to do it. A lot of the people already. Like, All right, everybody, roll tide. Roll tide. All right, buddy.